This episode discusses topics around mental health that might disturb some listeners. If you are affected, please contact your nearest medical support immediately. For Australian listeners, you can contact Lifeline on 131114. Hello everyone, today we are exploring the song Drinking in LA from the Bindinis by Brandvan3000 who hail from the same town as our co-host, Martina. Montreal, Quebec. Montreal, that's it. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes When Mike came over with a script surprise Yeah, so as, as Will just mentioned, this band is from my hometown, Montreal, which globally is quite a small town, so whenever anything out of Montreal makes it globally, we're always super proud and, and if only for that, that was a good enough reason to think this was just the best song of the year. <laughs> but beyond that, it resonated on so many levels for me. A, because they're from Montreal, they're huge, not only locally, but globally. But it came out exactly when I started drinking, exactly when I started Which was questioning. when my, you were 12, right? Just about. Uh, no, all jokes aside, I turned 17 in 20, uh, sorry, in 1997, uh, finished high school, and this was the song of the summer. And, and we drank and danced to it for actually probably three, four years. But also at a time where you start questioning your life choices, even though you, you, you've got so much hope for the future, you're also like, oh shit, I gotta make decisions now. What am I gonna study at university? What am I gonna do with my life? And this song resonated with me where, where I woke up hungover so many times thinking, what the hell am I doing? And what the hell am I going to do with my life? And to this day, look, I'm 42 now and I'm still not entirely sure what I'm going to do with my life. You're still drinking in LA. I'm still drinking <laughs> in various towns, Sydney at the moment, but... <laughs> And at the end of the day, also, nothing wrong with it. No. Important, important aspect or detail is that I don't have children. So also, I'm allowed to wake up hungover and wonder, what the hell am I doing with my life? But we did nothing. But, you know, the fact that we're asked to decide on a career path and on a partner that young for the rest of your life, I think is uh, one of the many, many, many reasons mental health problems are so prevalent. Yeah, there is a lot of pressure in that regard. And it's interesting that when we were picking the song for this week, we, we thought, well, we've done quite a few songs which discuss adverse mental health conditions. So we wanted to do something that was a little bit more positive. And I think this song is a little bit more positive and it makes me feel positive. But it does stem from a moment of, of adverse mental health conditions in that I remember reading about the creator of the, let's call it the group, uh, this guy, James DeSalvio. And he was drinking and partying in, in, LA. in LA, funnily enough. 
and woke up one morning. So the story goes on someone's front yard and... And we all know that guy. We all have a friend who woke up in someone's front yard. <laughs> yeah, and had that moment of uh, maybe breakdown is too, too much, is an exaggeration, but uh, what the hell am I doing with my life? Um, what the hell am I doing drinking in LA at 26? And, and so there is that spark or that genesis for the song, which is possibly so self-reflective in a negative way that, the whole song could be imbued with this uh, morose kind of tone. But I, I think it's really actually quite an uplifting uh, song in terms of mental health issues and just in terms of driving down the highway, listening to it, cruising around town, because so much of the song does seem to be a, a celebration of not getting hung up on achievement and success and having to do too much. And maybe the first reference I can make there is the lyric embedded quite in the middle of the song. And the subject of the song is getting a call from their friend and they say, get your ass out of bed. I'll explain why on the way. And so it sounds like there's quite an important reason for them to get on with their day together. And it turns out as the lyric goes, we did nothing, absolutely nothing that day. Um, what can I say? I was drinking in LA. But there's not a sense of, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? Like, um, in that moment of the song, it's like, this is fine. This is, as you said, it's somewhat of an intervention to that pressure that a lot of people feel about achievement, success, particularly around career and partners and, and the, the classic things. So I, following on from that part of the song, there's even the lyric where he said that they were, it was just him and a friend feeling kind of groovy. And then he said, yeah, we were working on a movie. And then the, then the response kind of, comes in and says, yeah, right. Um, but it doesn't matter that they weren't working on a movie. There's, there's a sense of feeling okay about not achieving anything that day or any particular day, you know. Feeling kind of And yet in saying that, I do feel like there there is a little bit, not necessarily self-pity. It's not, it's not a strong part of it, but certainly... A bit of disappointment where, especially at the beginning, the tone I find when he says, I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes. And you can almost hear the hangover, <laughs> right? And he's like, ah, again. Um, and also what I liked, uh, which I have mixed feelings about the chorus being sung by the only member of a band that has actual singing talent, which is usually the woman, and all she does is sing a repetitive chorus. Right. However, in this case, I kind of hear it like the voice of reason, the voice of authority, like the mom that says, what the hell are you doing again drinking in L.A.? Uh, and I thought it did serve a purpose. I thought it did have this, you know, it's like the narrator is saying, but they didn't do the movie. They didn't do anything that day. Uh, that said, Probably with, with a humorous tone, with a light tone, you know, not not just patronizing or condescending or reprimanding. It's it's more stating a fact and also just saying, you know what, 
it's fine, you're 26, you've got your entire life ahead of you and you can figure it out later. I love that last take that you presented because when you hear that song, what the hell am I doing drinking in LA at 26? So the initial response might be, I'm too old to be doing this, right? 26, what the hell am I still doing, you know, partying or whatever. But then the flip of it is that maybe this person is saying, what the hell am I doing drinking in LA at 26? Well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. It's not that big a deal. There's clearly one part of it which is reflective in a darker way, but there's another part of it which is, I think, like you said, really humorous. And he's willing to laugh at himself. And we've all, all those of us who live this kind of lifestyle, have all done that. And he says in, in one of the verses, he says, I know that life is for the taking, so I better wise up and take it quick. And then very quickly that voice comes in again and says, yeah, one more time at Trader Vic's. And Trader Vic's is this... Uh, fusion restaurant where they used to get drunk and, and probably lounged the hours away snacking on, I think it's Polynesian cuisine or something. But he's aware that it's it's repetitive and that it's non-productive or unproductive, but he's willing to laugh at it and put it into a greater perspective than being shut down by the idea that you have to get your career sorted, you have to get your life sorted in other ways at 26. from artists that flock to Hollywood, to LA, to make it big with dreams. And it takes time. And a lot of them never make it big. Uh, a lot of them continue to do crappy gigs, whether it's music or comedians, and living paycheck to paycheck, and, and still aspiring to making it, and still otherwise enjoying life. Especially in this case, this is a, a band from Montreal and it's a huge gamble. It's a big risk. And then realizing that they were still not making it big and they were still just waking up and getting drunk. Whatever little money they earned, they used to, to get it drunk to, to get drunk. Um, I think this song actually I, I could be wrong, but I remember reading this video. This song might might predate the band. In that the guy who's like the central creator, I think he was living a life in LA trying to be a film person I don't know what form and had like a music thing going on around him but it wasn't like the whole band was in LA and then I think he went back to Montreal with this kind of sentiment of having lived this life and then produced I think yeah yeah look possibly whatever is the actual chronological sequence he 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 was still an artist trying to make it in LA quite a journey of of self-discovery in general for these people who who go full of dreams and then Sometimes hit a wall, you know, yeah. keep going, keep working at it, one hangover at a time. In one regard, I think this song could be compared to something like California Dreaming by the Mummers and the Poppers, in the sense that it has a very dark aspect of it that relates to being in California. And so you could categorize it, we could categorize it as that kind of song. And there are so many moments in the song where it, there are, there is just that reality check. It's like, he says the payback will be later. Or whoever's singing that line says the payback will be later. And then they say LA, right? Not just LA, but LA. LA, LA, LA.
there is a sense of labour and, and ardour in living there. But then it also feels like a celebration of LA because they're talking about, you know, getting on the 10 down to Venice again. I assume the 10 is a, is a bus. And blaring on the G funk, sipping on Juice and Jim, which is a reference to Snoop Dogg. And so there is this idea, I think, of, wow, you know, we're in LA. And drinking and being and waking up hungover in a front yard, probably not that great sometimes, but it's also you're in LA and you're doing this and you're part of the fabric of the city and there's a lot of other creative people doing this kind of thing. And so it's like, what else are you going to do? You know, if you're ingratiated in this town, then you're kind of, you're caught up in it. And what the hell are you doing in it? Well, you're doing what other people would do. They're living the life of LA. And and, and so I like to look at it that way. It's like a glorious feel-good kind of song. Um, Even though I know the lyric, and and some people will hear this and think you're a fucking idiot because this is meant to be like a commentary around feeling reflective on your lack of success or whatever. And sure, that's in it, but I think that's a really easy reading. I think think it's more of a challenge to find like the glory in the song and and the celebration of the song. I completely agree. It's definitely a celebration of the struggling artist, a celebration of the potentially disillusionment, uh, uh, you know, self-doubt, all of these things. And if I may make a very far-fetched comparison to La Boheme, who precisely do that, uh, 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 sing the praise of the struggling artist in, I don't even know what years the the characters of La Boheme are meant to, to be living but like the 20s I 1830. think 1830 see I'm a hundred years late and it's just it, 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 it's a bit of a, a sad bittersweet song but celebrates the struggling artist and love that conquers all in this case in, in drinking in LA there's no no talk about love at all which I also like like it's you know oh yeah there's more to life than just love yeah a lot of the songs if not all the songs we've looked at so far had an aspect of love. Yep. This one definitely excludes love. There is no talk about relationship other than potentially friendship or, or yep. working relationship. But yes, yeah, celebrating the struggles, celebrating, uh, you know, whether you're an artist or whatever else you aspire to do in life. Yeah. Uh, celebrating the sacrifice to go somewhere to, to make that dream come true. And then celebrating the maybe the hiccups or the journey where it's rarely smooth sailing, but also not always a healthy journey. Sometimes you just drink yourself uh, to oblivion in LA and it's okay. It's part of the journey. Yeah. And it's almost a song as well about good techniques regarding good mental health. And, you know, I'm a little bit immature and I do often joke about things that maybe shouldn't be joked about in terms of the seriousness or the gravity of, of, of my life, for instance. I wouldn't make fun of someone else's life, but I'll regularly laugh at my own. I mean, it's not true that I wouldn't joke about someone else's life. I'm sure I do. But the point is that I'm very familiar with that idea of being self-deprecating and also not taking yourself too seriously, right? And I find that imbued in this song. It's this idea of, yeah, I'm fucking up, but I'm, I'm going to put that in a greater context and therefore, from that greater context comes half-decent mental health. And that's not a capacity that everyone has, so I'm not 
challenging people to adopt it, but it's more just a case of I think that that's what makes this song positive is that the subject has the capacity to contextualise their trauma and any moment that the trauma about not achieving at 26 becomes something, it's automatically negated. Some people will say that's repression. That might be true, but I think there's another part of it which is incredibly useful. And it, it is a matter of not taking yourself too seriously. I agree. No, that's very interesting, this this aspect of, yeah, not taking yourself, not just yourself, but life too seriously. No, exactly, it's better. Uh, yeah. um, and it's incredibly important. And I understand uh, social pressure and pressure from, from your family and your... And you might be neurologically wired circle. differently, right, to not be able to do this. Absolutely. But these people went on to become hugely successful, accomplished artists. And so sometimes you got to let life take its course and, and it's not going to be success is not going to be immediate don't kick yourself over failing a little bit it's no. okay it's part of the no. journey no and if I look at the second last verse which is one of the more descriptive verses and there they say well so they're at this place this restaurant Trader Vicks and say well some men there wanted to hurt us and other men said we weren't worth, worth a fuss so it's just really matter of fact, right? They're not saying, oh, we were really tormented by this or anything. And then they're talking about the fine line between the rich and the poor. So there's all this discussion going on. And then in that last sent- that last line of that verse, Mike says, what do you think we got done, son? And so it feels like it's hanging. Like, what did they get done? It doesn't matter. We saw men there wanted to hurt us. And other men said we weren't worth the fuss. You could see them all bitching by the bar. About the fine line between the rich and the poor They might turn to me and say What you think we got done, son? We found a conclusion that to me is a recipe for good mental health, to not worry yeah. about goals and achieving them. Like, sure, if, if you lived your whole life without any kind of objective, then that might be depressing. The tone of this, though, seems to be very focused on the present and things which happen in the present slip off them, like when the girls on the bus kept on laughing at us. They just say it. They don't then say, and that really bothered me and I went home. They, they, just, they have this capacity to be, to, it's just water off the duck's back. Yeah. And so I'm not, again, saying that, these are exemplary values of a virtuous person and you have to strive to have them. I'm just saying that this is why I think this song is an ode to good mental health because the subjects in the song have the capacity to not be too bothered by adversity. That's right. And not focus so much on the end goal. The journey is just as important. This is such a cliche expression, but the friend Mike picks him up and says, we're going to do something. I'll tell you on the way. And on the way, everything happens but what they'd set out to do. Um, (laughs) And still at the end, maybe they have a conclusion. Maybe they did end up working out that movie, just not by sitting down and writing it. Maybe just life experience and their encounters along the way contributed to that storyline, that plot twist, that script surprise. And so even beyond the lyrics, we focus a lot on the lyrics in, in this podcast, but the music is so uplifting to me anyway. When I hear this song, I think very little about the lyrics, actually. Maybe because I've heard this song for 26 years. Um, 
the lyrics kind of wash off me and the music is just so mesmerizing and dreamy and therefore in terms of a a discussion around the mental health attributes or not of this song i would be interested in the idea of the whatever wavelengths these particular instruments are operating at probably not intentionally but the way that they're combined it does make you feel good it's interesting i found listening to this song now years after i last heard it i didn't find it particularly up- uplifting not depressing in any way but i did find it potentially bittersweet when it came out we were ecstatic because it was a global success in in that time in my personal life i was in a very good place i was happy and any music would have made me feel happy anyway however i i i do listening to it now and and trying to block out the frame of mind i was in in 1997 i found it a bit more bittersweet in that there is no regret in that song but there is also a realization that he's not exactly where he had mm-hmm. wanted to be so it's not it's not a sad song it's not explicitly celebrating where he is but it's also not there's a bit of a neutrality to that song which is this is where i am and it's okay yeah it, I, I, it just reminds me if if we are out at a bar or something and you like you might you know you might know you're half drunk or whatever and maybe it's like 11 o'clock in the morning only joking <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that only happened like 20 times <laughs> tops but then you'll joke about it, it's like oh what, what a young achiever what a young go-getter i am and that's the kind of thing that we would say and my friends would say and and that's the kind of thing he's saying and i don't think it's too heavy when i say it or when they say it i don't go home and lament it i don't think oh what a no you're right you're um, right it's a, it's a it's it's a mere acceptance of yeah i'm hung over again But not even, not even the hungover part. It's like even when you're just drinking, you know, you you're like someone your age is doing something, something better. Let's say, for one of another term. Yes, 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 but yes. Yes. So yeah, we're in our mid forties, and we still find ourselves regularly in that same position as James DeSalvio at 26, which is, you know, what the hell are we doing again, drinking in Sydney? But no, I never. I, I, I think I'd say that in a joking way. Absolutely, in a joking way, because we're we're exactly we're we're happy yeah. about where we are in life, and which is very fortunate, actually. And, and we this, are this song fortunate. is in a way about how fortunate some people are in terms of how they're wired. Again, to neurologically, and are they able to accept things, yes. whereas other people aren't? And it's no fault of those people who aren't able to do that. It's like the Danny Warhol song, I must have a door in the back of my head where I can push out the... I'm not exactly phrasing it, but where I can push out the worries and just feel solid again. The song's solid. Well, I must have a door in the back of my head Where I dump out all the crap so I can just feel solid again He's like, he's not celebrating. Call me Taylor Taylor's not celebrating that he has this amazingly resilient mental health he's just uh, he's also just, that he's, he's just repressing he's just repressing feeling but maybe it's not repressing maybe it's putting it into context and saying you know what i things happen to me i replace them with new experiences and new memories and and in terms of mental health that's again not i'm not saying people have to aspire to that because not everyone can achieve that or, or live that way but 
that's a description of one form of someone who perhaps is living with manageable mental health. And it, it, this discussion might not be relevant to this podcast, so. But no, I think when he says push things to the back of my head, that is the description of repressing feelings or trauma or memories. Uh, is pushing them to the back so you don't have to recall them, but also saying they're still there and they're going to. Well, of course they're still there. Nothing ever gets removed. No, but you know, from a mental health point of view, what you want to do is come to terms with something. Can I just say, like, in terms of the what I think is the lightness of this song, one line, give us a ring, ding, ding. It's a beautiful day. Right at the start. The music is really light at that point. It's like chimey and, you know, it's like... Do, 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 I found, do, do, do. to me, I found it personified, I don't know if that's the right term, how waking up with a hangover feels like. When you, you wake up and it's daylight already and maybe the radio is on or something and you're sort of slowly coming to reality and going like, oh, this is where I am, this is what happened, this is the state I'm in. Um, and I, I, I felt that it translated that right. very, very nicely. Give us a ring, ding, ding. It's a beautiful day. When the song phases in, it's very much one of those songs that phase in. Um, and just that sense of, okay, yes, it's a beautiful day and I can't waste it sleeping in. I never sleep in anyway, so I can't really empathise with that. But this description of it being a beautiful day, which brings its own pressures, if it's a sunny day outside, there's an inherent pressure to go and do something with it, just like there's an inherent pressure to go and do something with your life in a grander sense. So these are these terms do imply a certain pressure. But I also think there's a real lightness in there somewhere. And I think the reason that it feels light is because of the, the music. And the music to me feels full of the perspective that the lyrics gradually start to uh, present regarding, yeah, I'm doing this thing, I'll do it again. Yeah, definitely self-deprecation and self-awareness and without without any excuses, without needing to justify yeah, no, exactly, why exactly. and how he got there, uh, without the need to uh, promise that he'll do better, better. Uh, uh, or, or we'll stop doing it or just accepting of this is where I am, this is what I'm doing and it may or may not yield and it's okay, it's okay to try it out, see what happens. Oh, right.